You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. This week, we are continuing our talk on Netflix's Shadow and Bone. We're now up to episode two, and let's see if I can get the title right this time. It is called We're All Someone's Monster. So there you go. Very uplifting title there. (laughs) Uh, But we have a a new guest this week, a new guest host. Uh, Naima, hi. Hello there. Uh, With me, as always, is John. Hey, hey. Elizabeth. Hi. And Jessica. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, as always, before we get to our uh, Shadow and Bone part of the show, we talk about our week's watch. So, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So, uh, we did something that we hadn't done since Bad Boys 3. Mm -hmm. Bad Boys for Life, for anybody who wants to be confused. (laughs) And... We went to the movies this week. <laughs> wow. Bum, bum, bum. We are completely vaccinated. We are completely vaccinated. We've been, it was two weeks. Still made sure to make, be socially Still distanced has. and, and yeah. wore masks. All that good stuff. But we went and watched uh, Wrath of Man, the new Guy Ritchie movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about it beforehand and I was like, is it by that, or we were talking about something else and I was like, that guy director. The director called Guy, and Michelle's like, I have no idea what you're trying to say to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I should have went with Guy Ritchie since that was the movie we were going to go see. But uh, I just it was spacing out. I guess I'm too stuck in superheroes, so it's like Fly Guy or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this one stars Jason Statham. Statham. Sure, I can't pronounce name so it's fine um and there were a bunch of faces that i was like that face looks familiar i have no idea who you are though but i know i've seen your face um so mitch has it all pulled up uh holt mccallney 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 which you'd know from Mindhunter hunter on netflix also um, or and, and other things he's been in a lot of things who Ch- was the Okay, so the the concept, the entire movie takes place in an armored truck depot, or related to an armored truck depot. Who was the boss for the armored truck depot? So the boss was played by Irish actor, I want to say. The shorter guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eddie Marzen. I recognized his face, but I don't know from what. Oh, I mean, he's been, Sherlock Holmes, he plays Lestrade. Lestrade. Lestrade, there you go. There we go. Okay, there we (laughs) go. Like again, one of those faces. Uh, but no, it was exactly what I expected it to be. A lot of shooting people, a lot of <laughs> unnecessary blood and guts, just kind of all <laughs> over the place. Um, I mean, you see, you get to see someone's dude like brains on the ground. Like yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a bit excessive. Uh, but yeah, so it was. I mean, it was good. It was a good shoot 'em up movie. Uh, it was interesting because it basically told the... You start in the middle of the story, get a little bit ahead, and then they take you back to before where the movie started, and they run that through three times from three different perspectives, and then jump back and finish it out. So it was a very kind of... Took me a minute to. They, were, they had to do a lot of three months earlier, <laughs> five months later, <laughs> two weeks earlier. It's like, okay, your timeline makes no sense to me, but sure thing. <laughs> we'll go with it. At so. least it told you the time jumping. Yes. Whereas, like, lately shows have just been like, you're just going to have to figure out three episodes later that yeah. the time the- is jumping. <laughs> kind of like the show we talk about. Yes. <laughs> Very much like Shadow and Bone. But no, so overall it was, I mean, I don't know what you thought about it, Mitch. You tend to have stronger opinions. I am the ideal, like, for for the studios, I'm probably the ideal movie watcher because I'm just like, that eh, was good. 
<laughs> I, I don't pay attention to whether or not it was shot well. I don't really catch if the costuming is good or <laughs> the lighting is good. I'm just like, oh, I enjoyed the story. I, it's fine. <laughs> I, I, it, was, it was a good movie. Um, I, I would say that Guy Ritchie just is doing a lot of experimental stuff here with his shooting in what he deci- how he decides to shoot the movie. Um, it's definitely not like his earlier career with Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or Snatch. Um, it's not like his middle of career where it's uh, Aladdin or King Arthur. It is, is a lot like The Gentleman, if you watched The Gentleman last year or two years ago. Um, so it, it, he has moved into a new phase in his sh- movie shooting career, and I'm I'm here to watch more of it. So... Uh, it's an interesting movie. Yeah, so that's out in theaters, and I don't know if you can stream it anymore. I don't I think you can. you can. Okay. I don't think you can. It's probably going to be on premium VOD here soon, but I don't think it's anything like that yet. Fair enough. I just assume it's 2021, and they're, it's streaming. Everything's streaming. <laughs> and a special, uh, a, a special interest, interesting part about this is an actually it's an English remake of a 2004 French film called Cash Truck. So, Ooh. Yeah. So it started as a French film. Yep. Or, and then they made it in Britain, and now they're making it in Hollywood? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just made, made in Hollywood by a Brit. Ah. Uh, <laughs> the French title, I guess, is called Le, Le Conveyor? Convoyer? Sure. Uh, <laughs> or Cash Truck. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, Jessica, what did you watch this week? Well, this week was May the 4th, and Disney Plus premiered a new Star Wars series called The Bad Batch, based off of a group of clones that were introduced in the last season of The Clone Wars. And it's a group of clones that are considered misfits because they had a malfunction in their cloning process in which, like, one aspect of them is, like, really high so they don't quite fit in with the regular clone troopers. Like the leader, he has heightened senses and there's a sharpshooter guy who's good at sharpshooting. And then there's like that brute tank guy. It's like a D&D kind of <laughs> campaign group, I guess, but they're clones. And it takes place, it starts right at Order 66. So, and you learned that they don't have the... I mean, if you know anything about the clones in Star Wars, they don't have the little chip in their head that makes them follow Order 66. So there's a lot of, or they do, but it malfunctions because of their differences kind of thing. Because they're misfits. Okay. Yes, because they're misfits. And actually, I wasn't expecting this, and this might be a bit of a spoiler if you haven't watched it yet, but they were with one of the Padawans that later is a guy that's in Rebels. He's the Jedi in the Rebel series. Mm. And you see that scene for him, but from the clone's point of view. And that was really cool. I was like, hey, it's it's Caleb before he became... <laughs> I don't remember what his name is on Rebels. Galen or Gavin or I can't remember what it is. Kanan. Kanan. Oh, yeah, Kanan. Okay. I'm so great with the names. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, hey, it's that kid before he... Yay, cool. But... And it's just, it's a part of the world that we haven't seen yet immediately after Order 66. So the start of the Empire. So you actually see the Emperor's speech of him saying, I am the the Emperor and New Galactic Empire. And you start to instantly see that switch to just, we're just going to control people pretty quickly. (laughs) And it's fun to see how this group is reacting to that. And also how one member of the group reacts a little poorly to it and they also introduce a new clone named omega that is a young girl clone and it does quickly turn into she basically gets adopted by these group of gruff men who are just like guess we're parents now kind of thing (laughs) which i'm totally supporting in the star wars universe so she's also a clone of Django. she is her back is like her background right now well i don't know her background is a complete mystery you just know she is a clone and she is like the bad batch in which she is malformed or in some way i don't know if the malformation is that she's a girl or if it's that there is something else with her and i'm sure it's that there is something else too um so this uh, is so if she i mean i don't know if 
if she is a clone of Django, also this is like an X twenty three with Wolverine thing, like just the female version. Maybe, or she's I just have, a clone of somebody. I have no idea yet, and I think that's going to be the mystery of the series. Because I mean, we do know eventually. Right now, General Tarkin is talking about, you know, stopping the clones' productions and just using normal people as stormtroopers, um, which is what happens. We do know they stop clone production eventually, but we also know from the Mandalorian that they also, and then from uh, what the Last Jedi, that they start cloning the Emperor, like they start to work on Force-sensitive clones. So I don't know if she's like the first of her kind within the force sensitive or what. It's just not. That's the great mystery. But it's just fun to see things like them switching currency really rapidly and like forcing people to get like codes, like putting a code system in order for them to get the Imperial credits. So they're basically giving people, I guess, social security numbers is a way, but it also yeah. feels like a tracking number. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> kind of thing. That's what a social security <laughs> that's number what is. Social security yeah. Number is. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, it's it's just it's very interesting. There's a lot of callbacks to, I mean, characters like Caleb as a Padawan, and then also Tarquin, and then there's another clone trooper that had left the clones and was a deserter. He's in the second episode with his family, which is utterly awesome because I liked him and his family. So it's just, it's a fun time. I'm having a great fun time. Good. There are 16 episodes in the first season, so it looks like you got a lot of, a lot of things, or a lot of show to watch. A lot of show. they're long. (laughs) Yeah. Which also, oh, sorry, go ahead. The first episode was, I think, 75 minutes long. 75? (laughs) Yes, I think so. And And it's animated, it looks like. Yeah. Yes, it is animated. So it's from the same people that did the Clone Wars. It's still Filoni, Filoni, yeah, doing it. And but yeah, it is animated. It's it's really good animation though. Really like their animation style. And well, it's just I can't remember how long the second episode was though. It was probably at least thirty minutes. It was like fifty something. Was it? Oh my gosh. I think so. Okay, it's, a lot did happen, but it doesn't feel long. It says it's only know. thirty. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 30? Is it only 30? Okay, cool. Yeah. The All first right. one was a, an hour and 10 minutes, and the second one's 30 minutes, according to IMDb. Okay, okay uh, that sounds about right. But this is also, the Bad Batch is also kind of the reason why Loki has been moved to Wednesday nights instead of, or Wednesdays on Disney Plus instead of Friday, because I guess mm-hmm. it's still going to be, since it's still going to be going when uh, yeah. Loki comes out in, ju- in June. So there you go. Uh, anything else did you want to want to bring, or did anybody else have some opinions on the Bad Batch? I didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it. John, you watched it. I did. Watch it. I, did. Um, I like it. I didn't think I was going to like it. I want to preface that by saying that I didn't care about the Bad Batch and the Clone Wars. I'm like, and and honestly, that's only because it's a carryover from the um, previous extended universe that they decanonized. There were already um, mm-hmm. what they would call null arcs and the Republic okay. Commandos. Yeah. who basically had the same function um, and character types as the Bad Batch. Okay. This is just more like the Disney fight version of those characters. Um, so I was like, yeah, you guys are just trying to replace the characters that were I liked better from Republic Commando. Um, but surprisingly, I really enjoyed that first episode, and like now I want to keep watching it. It's definitely... Um, it's caught my attention because of the greater world building that it's establishing. Like I've always wanted to see mm-hmm. that transition from the Republic to the Empire, which we only got a brief little bit in episode three. And now we're really diving into like those unknown sections mm-hmm. um, in the new canon. So I'm excited about that. Jessica, did you have anything else? Did you watch this week you want to talk about? Well, I, I've moved on to an Avengers show. Um, that took place in 1999 for Marvel Animation, and Falcon is on it. And I learned that his Red Wing in the comics is a red bird. Yep. And I don't know why MCU didn't keep the red bird because it's adorable and I want it. <laughs> because the MCU has deemed him a um, uh, uh, technical superhero, so you got to have technical stuff. He doesn't get to have a bird friendship. <laughs> also, the original. Falcon actually flapped with his arms and he had feathers on yes. him instead yeah. of like a jetpack. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, 
It's like you could have gotten rid of that, but like the bird, keep the bird, or at least have them have a pet bird. <laughs> like, just, I would have been all for that. Is that one called their Smitiest Heroes? I can't remember. It's Avengers something. It's 1999, and it's where Ant Man and the Wasp are in charge of the Avengers. So after Captain America, I guess I'm I'm only watched like the first or second episode hmm. maybe first two episode it also starts with ultron creating vision so okay yeah. also on disney plus yep i think it's adventures united they stand mm. okay well then john what I did you what oh sorry what jessica sorry yeah that does sound right so. <laughs> 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 all right john what did you watch this week all right, so this is going to be a retroactive Geeks Watch because uh, I didn't have a lot of time and really just kind of watched the Bad Batch also. And um, basically... I mean, 75 th- minutes, th- I, I see why it took up all your time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The short version of that is, I want to say, it feels like a Sophia the First for boys. Um, <laughs> and I'll explain that further if you want to at me later. Um, anyway... Uh, I want to go back and talk about something I watched a couple weeks ago called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. All right, so this movie's directed by Charlie Kaufman. And, I mean, the title seems very provocative. As it looks like it's about ending a relationship. And knowing who it's from, it's going to be a little weird. This was a lot of weird. <laughs> <laughs> this movie... Um, so, imagine... I'm, I'm, this probably won't mean much to a lot of people here, but imagine if Naked Lunch had a baby with Mulholland Drive. That baby was given up for adoption, and uh, in like Great Expectations era England, you get this movie. Okay, none of that made any sense yeah. to me. Sure. <laughs> Google good. all then, of those Then you have a good basis for what this movie is. Because <laughs> this movie is cuckoo. Um, so it's basically a character who's only known as the narrator or young woman, mm-hmm. pl- played by Jesse Buckley. And she starts off the movie as, I guess, the protagonist, narrator. You hear a lot of internal monologue. Um She's talking about how she wants to break up with her boyfriend that she's only been with for a couple of weeks. And this is the first time she's going to meet his family. And they're going to be driving. They're like in Oklahoma, I think. And it's the wintertime. So there's a lot of them just sitting in the car with nothing but snowy wasteland on the outside. Most of the times you can't even see a background. It's just like stark white. Or it's dark because it's nighttime in other parts. Overall, I think for a... What is this? A two-hour movie? Man, this definitely feels it. Um, It's an hour and 34 minutes. They spend, I want to say, maybe half of that time in the car. Just going back and forth, talking and having, like, these deep philosophical conversations. Um, It it only gets weirder from there. (laughs) So, when they get to the parents' house... There's a lot of really weird, suspicious things that happen. And then eventually you start seeing that the timeline jumps around. Because you see the parents first as kind of old people. And then in the next scene, they're way younger. Hmm. And I mean, like, noticeably different ages. Um, Like, at some points they look elderly. At other points they look... um, One of the parents is Tony Collette. And the other is David Thewlis who seems to be a Charlie Kaufman regular nowadays. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's uh, Lupin from Harry Potter. Oh, okay. And uh, was he in Wonder Woman? He was Ares, yes, I think. he was Ares. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, like, he's the one that's the most easiest to kind of tell, like, when the timeline jumps, because Toni Collette, I um, don't really know her from a lot of things, but I know she's not that old. But it's just easier with him, because he plays more, like, the hunched-over, slow-moving talking kind of like with dementia um and other parts he's like walking straight and you know his hair's not all gray and a little like faster talking i guess you could say um and it just it jumps around like that for no really discernible reason um they keep coming back and forth to smells 
like I guess it's they have pigs on this farm, or they used to have pigs on this farm. It, it jumps around depending on the timeline. And uh, Jesse Plemons, who we probably know more affectionately as uh, Meth Damon. <laughs> is, I mean, uh, I don't also feel like it's this. fair to call him that. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, it, but that's that's fair because he was on Breaking Bad, wasn't he? He, uh, yes, he was in Breaking Bad. Yeah, so, I mean, that makes sense. He does kind of look like Matt Damon, and he was in a show about meth, so it's not just because he looks like a lesser version of Matt Damon. Um, I don't like that moniker myself, but it is kind of how I remember him best. Um, and that being said, this movie, I did not enjoy it. I, I didn't appreciate how weird it got. Because it was too weird, if that makes sense. Mm. It, it It's very much unreliable narrator. It turns out that the person, basically you're seeing the movie from the point of view, might actually just be a figment of the other character's imagination the whole time. <laughs> there's a... Again, like there's the references to Mulholland Drive and Naked Lunch are very obvious if you know those movies. Um, at one point towards the end of the movie, it breaks into an interpretive dance... Oh, where two other sense. two other characters replace the main actors and have like a little ballet representation of their relationship <laughs> in an in an abandoned school that they go to for reasons for, and then okay. when I mean, that scene is over then we go back to the regular characters and now they're artificially aged it, it's i i could tell you all these different things and it would make no sense. Even if you watched the movie, it was like, oh yeah, there's that thing John talked about. I still don't understand. No, I, this movie is beyond classification or description. It was just, it's not the fun kind of weird. It's just like, huh? I mean, that's I Charlie know. Kaufman. That's that's ad- adaptation and being John Malkovich and Schenectady I would New argue, York. I would argue that those don't push the weird. I mean, they're definitely weird. I'll give you that. When you I go mean, with Charlie Kaufman... Being John Malkovich is about a dude inside of another guy's head, or a bunch of yes, people inside of a John but, Malkovich's head. But narratively speaking, it works, though. This one, I feel like it's a little more unhinged. And maybe that's because he's also directing it. Um, like, Anomalisa is mm-hmm. a movie about a guy who has this condition where everyone else is the same person. But it makes sense, you know. Do you get that? You, you, the, the weirdness serves a story. Here, it's like it's weird just for the sake of being weird. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that, that the intent was lost somewhere because he wasn't reined in. You know, mm. there wasn't somebody over him that was like, okay, we need to like better establish why this happens. <laughs> like, why at some point they stop at a at a like a frozen, like like a Dairy Queen, which is literally out in the middle of nowhere during an actual blizzard. Mm. And the person that's the cashier or whomever is like helping him with the, or helping her because he's sud- he wants to stop for like milkshakes or whatever, but he's too embarrassed or he has bad history with one of the people working there. So he's just kind of standing off to the side where they can see him. He's just turning his back to them. So the the girl is ordering the, the shake. And the person that's doing the transaction, she says some really cryptic things like, you know, you can stop this whenever you want. And she's like, what? And she's like, time has no meaning or something like that. Like just really bizarre things, you know? Like, it reminds me of a scene in the movie Antichrist with Willem Dafoe, where Willem Dafoe runs across, like, a wounded fox in the woods, and the fox, like, speaks, and it says, chaos reigns, in, like, this really deep, evil-sounding voice. (laughs) That made more sense than anything in this movie. (laughs) I think the best indicator of the, uh, the quality of this movie, John, is just the fact that you found it too weird. Yes. Which yes. tells me that it's too weird. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> it's too weird. It, I, I, I can't imagine somebody coming away from this and being like, wow, that was a nice watch. Like, no, like this, this was um, experimental, to say the least. Yeah. You've got a much higher threshold than the rest of us, I feel like, except I maybe think Jessica. So. <laughs> yeah, probably. This, I the, was the only one who liked The Dead Don't Die, after all. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh. so yep. 
that's so, pretty much it. It was on Netflix. Yeah, as I say, Netflix is pretty much allowing people just to do whatever they want free reign. So it makes sense. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Netflix, or I'm thinking of ending things is on Netflix. Uh, my week's watch was also a Netflix original. Uh, it is the new series, and I only got through five episodes of Jupiter's Legacy. It is a comic book that it's an adaptation of a comic book created by Mark Miller. Uh, it's essentially what would have, what would Superman be like today if we just kept him in 1932, like, like he was created in 1932 and he lived out his whole life. So he, he's in modern time, but he's older and he has kids and, uh, the world is kind of changing around him where they're like, you know, you just capture the bad guy and throw him in prison Mm -hmm. when these supervillains are willing to willing to kill any of us at any time, you should be willing to take more drastic measures too. And it's, it's yet another superhero TV show comic book. That's breaking down tropes and trying to show you that it's not all black and white, the way that comic books are written. There's a lot of gray ground. I would say that I'm not enjoying the show. Um, it's okay. It 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 definitely has a Watchmen look, but it does not have the storytelling of the Watchmen. Um, it has a lot of the boys like themes, but once again, not yeah. in a cinematic uh, feel. Um, it, and you also get a lot of Invincible kind of storytelling, but it's not as character driven. So you have all these characters that you have to keep track of. Uh, much like any mystery box show, Lost, Heroes, things like that. But I really feel like they are not doing a good job of making me care about any of them. So I don't, all these stories are going in different directions, not intersecting enough, and there's a lot of time jumping. So there's a lot of stories that take place in 1930s, there's a lot of stories that take place in the 1980s, there's a part of the stories that take place in their current time. Uh, And yeah, so... I'm going to finish the series, but I don't think that I'm too invested in it at this point. Huh. I watched about half an episode with him, and I was like, are you going to make me keep watching this? <laughs> <laughs> no. This is probably a... Con- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, this is probably a conversation that would be more suited for the Mitch and Rich show. Um, but how do you feel about the wave of deconstructionism and postmodern superhero storytelling um, with all of these things that break down the tropes like you have the boys and Invincible and now this. I'm all for it if they can tell a good story. Uh, I I enjoy the boys. Obviously, that's a lot more of the action and gore and violence. Uh, Invincible has a very good deconstruction of superheroes, so I I enjoy that. Uh, Umbrella Academy does an amazing job of deconstructing comic books and the tropes that you get there. So I'm all for it as long as you can tell a good story. I feel like you're just not giving me enough character development in this particular one. Uh, it, it makes sense for me that that's where we would be going now with these TV series and movies because we've now had 10 plus years of Marvel just kind of killing it in the movie field. Now they're going to be, now they're killing it in the TV. So everybody else has to do something different other than try and do the same thing and deconstructing superheroes and why we like them is definitely the reason the way to go yeah i was just upset it wasn't a sequel to jupiter's ascending (laughs) 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 i think you're the only one that wants that yes you are the only one no, I mean, he's not here, but I'm pretty sure Steven likes Jupiter Ascending. Well, then he can't defend it. He's not here. He <laughs> <laughs> anyway, doesn't seem so sure. I was like, um, we're going to have to have a conversation about that. That's not that's okay. <laughs> uh, like I said, Jupiter's Legacy, which stars Josh Dumal, uh, Lib, uh, Lisa Bibb, and a couple other people. Not a lot of big names, though, uh, is on Netflix currently. Eight episodes. Naima, what did you watch this week? Well, I spent the majority of the week binge watching Monk because it's Monk and it's amazing. 
but mm-hmm. as far as new things, Monk is the farthest thing from being <laughs> new. Um, but I did finally get around to watching uh, The Mitchells and the Machines, oh. which is a really cute animation okay. on Netflix, just because Stephen loves animation, of course, and then he fell asleep, so I finished watching it. And... <laughs> <laughs> But like the it stars like Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph, Olivia Coleman, like John Legends in there, Chrissy Teigen's in there. It's this animation with all of these voices that you'd recognize and none of the faces. <laughs> I don't think any of the characters look like their counterparts. Stephen will have a whole argument about that probably in the future. <laughs> um, but, um, I, the only way I can sum this movie up is it's either just our inevitable demise via iPhones. So if you own an iPhone and you keep buying it every year, this is eventually going to happen. It just <laughs> is. Um, or it's family-friendly comedic iRobot, you know? <laughs> it's like you took Will Smith out and you left all of the robots attacking people. Yeah, that's what this movie is. But, no, so the whole plot of the movie is this misfit girl and she basically is about to go off to film school where she finally thinks she's going to fit in and it's going to be wonderful and she doesn't fit into her family or the world around her. So it's relatable to all those people probably watching the movie who are like, no, this is my life. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get there. <laughs> and then her father decides we're going to go on a road trip to take you to college instead, which is every seven to 18 year old's worst nightmare. Um <laughs> But we've all been there. Yep. Because <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, you got to spend time with your like overexcited father for thousands of miles. But <laughs> all in the course of this, there is an inventor, sort of your millennial Steve Jobs, who's like, I've been creating cell phones for years, but I've this new AI. It's going to be great. Chuck's the cell phone has invented robots. So robots are replacing your cell phones now. Um, okay. Obviously, he built the robots using the cell phone. So our big bad in this is a cell phone um, (laughs) who does not like being disposed of and takes control of all of the robots and basically decides humans are a disposable species. So this is the prequel to Terminator. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And Skynet. (laughs) And rounds up all the humans, puts them in little, like, uh... Wally pods. So basically, you know, like all the humans get really big in their little pods. There's these little things. They shove the humans in there, tell them it's going to be fine because there's Wi-Fi. And they're like, oh, okay. Obviously, <laughs> they hop right in and then just I mean, plans to ship them off into space. It's great. That's not that's not un, unheard of, unrealistic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell people there's going to be free Wi-Fi. I'm sure they'll do just about right. anything for you. Listen, if I don't have a chance at survival, I'm going to get in the pod with the free Wi-Fi. <laughs> like, there's no backup plan to save me. It's the be- This is the best that, the- that we can do. I'll take it. But this family of four decides, yeah, well, we're going to save the world. So father, probably like five-year-old kid, mom played by Maya Rudolph, which you can assume is Maya Rudolph and a cartoon character. And um, our main character trekking around the country trying to save the rest of humanity and they're doing so purely just through family antics and like dressing up as the robots and trying to infiltrate like the giant kingdom of the robots but it was it was a solid movie i really did like it i kind of feel like it's those one-off watches like you watch it you enjoy it and then you forget it ever exists Let me ask like you this, because I am not a fan of Danny McBride's. Is he good as a voice actor? Uh, <laughs> so I pay so little attention to that sort of thing. Okay. But I think overall his acting in the movie is good. I, I have not seen Danny McBride in almost anything he's been in, like live action as a person. So whether it's better, <laughs> <laughs> the same or worse, I can't tell you. But the comedy style is pretty much the same. But if anything, you don't hear him that much. You hear a lot more of Eric Andre. You hear a lot more of Maya Rudolph. So if anything, it probably won't bother you that he's there. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Anybody else get a chance to watch Mitchell's versus the Machines? No, but I was contemplating it. So it's good to know that it's worth at least watching once. Okay. It's very cute. (laughs) I like cute. Cute is good. (laughs) The Mitchells vs. the Machines is now available on Netflix. Okay. 
everyone let's get t- we're just a netflix filled episode this is uh <laughs> netflix's shadow and bone episode two everyone someone's monster uh what well, what are our thoughts who who i i just want to get this out of the way right now is this going to be a thing where they're going to do like a love triangle between like ben barnes and alina and cal no mal that's so his name. mal i legit so i mentioned that i read the book right and yeah. i stopped reading it i stopped reading it because i was like i hate love triangles i hate them i hate them so much i was not connecting with alina enough to get through the love triangle that i thought was gonna happen and i think this is pretty much when i stopped was in you was like oh my god just threw it like i'm not reading this love triangle. No. so i don't know if that's exactly where it goes but that is why i stopped reading the book because i saw it and i was like no I'm not doing this to myself. I mean, it's definitely not present in the dialogue yet, but the way that they're filming the like the Ben Barnes character and Alina character, I, I forget what Ben Barnes' actual name is in the show, but uh, the Dark General or whatever his name is. Uh, Kerrigan. Kerrigan, yeah. 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 The way they film the two of them and the way he keeps looking at her, I'm like, oh, they're going to be <gasps> interested in each other. And then there's gonna then Mal's going to show up and be like, oh, what what's up, man? That's not cool. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> <laughs> know if i got love triangle from it because i definitely got more the he wants to possess her because he wants her powers like not i'm interested in her in a romantic or sexual way just how can i use her for my own gain do you mean like spike and buffy yeah who eventually become a couple Hey, Spike and Buffy were good. I loved them. He literally wants to kill her in in the first two seasons. In the first four seasons. Four seasons. I can't control that, though. I established on Love of Pages that I do when it comes to fiction relationships, I I go for the toxic ones. Yeah, no, but I... I don't... I don't think that she has any interest in the general and I don't think she's going to because I think she doesn't trust the geishas. She did Grishas. lean forward Grishas. after the end of that conversation though. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that, yeah. but she was leaning forward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, was like, Ooh. I mean, so that jawline and I, I, I get it. I just, <laughs> I say that that may just be the actress's body involuntarily. <laughs> Irrelevant to the storyline. So we should throw this out out there uh, first or after this. Uh, Naima, you've already went ahead and watched most of the season or all of the season. I watched the the whole the whole thing. Okay, whole so you thing. have. I was like, I played the fifth. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you have knowledge that we yet do not have. If you can, please stick to just the second episode. If I you will. can remember. Okay. <laughs> uh, are we still sticking to the one week time period in between the two different settings? Do, does anybody know? Has, has it caught up in the past version where Alina is? I, I think it's caught up. Because I think when she is being led away to the, the by, by the healer, she mm-hmm. like the guy, the, the, the uh, gen, uh, other general that's right there with her says, you go with her. And then the next thing we see her, she's being led into uh, Kirigan's tent. So I'm guessing that week happened where she healed up. Well, no, that was the same day. No, was it? She's not wearing day. the same clothes. She's wearing like a white shirt, a white top That's instead of the. That's literally just what's underneath her. That was army her underclothes coat. of her uniform. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was literally. So just then, <laughs> so then it is a week yeah, in yeah. between. Still, we're still going to be playing catch up. Yes. Yes. Something important happens in that week then. <laughs> well, yeah, she learns her powers would be my guess. All right. Um, I guess I was a little bit more excited about Brecker's story in this episode. Like yeah. getting yeah. to see him like kind of freak out and then put things together. And we now have a way sort of through the fold for him, I think. Yeah. A way that we don't know about, but yes. <laughs> but yeah, well, we, oh, so yeah, we have leads to a yeah. way. Uh, also, I understand that dude is really good with his guns. Jesper is really good with the gun. 
Uh, but if you're going to draw on someone, you don't want to throw that twirl out first. Like, it's only slowing you down. That's <laughs> all I got. I know it's in the mirror and he's flourishing. I was going to say, he's got, he says, he, he specifically says that he likes to do it with flair. So, <laughs> he's that's the character. He is strictly, he's made the decision that he is fast enough that he can throw in the flare. That he can throw in the flare. He can sacrifice some of his speed for the flare. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Jesper and. Injay, Inej, Inej are probably my two favorite characters at this point, or at least more interesting. Most interesting characters. I like Knife Lady. (laughs) (laughs) Inej, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, when she uh, almost almost hits Brecker with that knife, I was like, "Yep, that's that's awesome." So, uh, what what are other people's thoughts? What are you What are your thoughts on this episode? Um, Again, it's one of those. I like it. It's definitely bingeable, so I know why Naima just like watched yeah. it all the way through and i think this show uh, plays better if you binge it all it probably, instead of the week yes. to week it's probably the gonna be fit better yeah i think we're gonna <laughs> feel that way I, I think we're gonna feel the way about it the way we did about carnival row where but you, you know, couldn't binge that one that one no but yeah. we we said that we should have you should like, have we should yeah. have been yeah. able to binge it because it probably would have been better binged um mm-hmm. because there was a lot of the little stuff that we didn't like but the overall storyline was good and i that's definitely where I feel about this one is I'm like, I like it. I'll keep watching it. I, I don't hate it like we hated Vagrant Queen. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also not like super enthralled. I'm, I'm not itching to get to the next episode. It's like, okay, we'll watch the next episode next week. That's nice. <laughs> uh, but... I am I am intrigued to see how the conductor gets across the fold. Part of me thinks he is also a sun summoner, and uh, that's why he has all of the uh, people who he takes across blindfolded because he doesn't want to give himself away. But that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Jessica, your thoughts? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying the show. I this one was very heavy. And the reasons why I couldn't read the book, though, was the introduction to a potential love triangle or something. And then also just Alina just constantly being like, nothing's changed. I didn't do anything. I'm not a Grisha. And I'm like, girl, just stop. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you clearly are. I get it. And then mal being like she's in danger i gotta go dessert and just like i'm like oh it's just the aggravating like teenagers egocentricism that they really think the world evolves around them and these two characters although they should have seen the reality of world right now and know that life is not fair you have to do the things you have to do (laughs) you're both in the army so you should know this by now and them just fighting that constantly through this episode just drove me insane like i'm just like i get it i get it it's not fair i know i get it you have to separate but you guys were technically separated for a bit before anyway and you guys just reunited and then i just mm, i don't know (laughs) it drives me insane i'm not a teenager anymore i can't relate to it anymore like just (laughs) just deal with it i'm sorry you're a sun summoner i'm sorry you don't want to be it i get it like i just and this is why there's certain young adult books that i like because the chosen one is legit like hell yeah i'm the chosen one look at me i'm a badass bow to me i much prefer that character arc when it comes to chosen ones as opposed to the one that's like i don't want this like i don't want to save the world i'm like yes it's hard i know but I'm glad, to, <laughs> I'm glad to know that there are certain stories out there where the person accepts the fact that they're the chosen one because it seems like the one that we always get adapted into a movie or TV show is is the one where uh-huh. it's, oh, this is too much. I don't want this. I don't want to be known for anything. It's like, come on. Yeah, it takes a while, but the specific one I'm thinking of is the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Moss in which the main character is very powerful and she's openly like, I'm very powerful and I'm pretty too. Y'all should like bow to my will. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so... But she's good. She's not evil. Like, yeah, that's probably the one that stands out the most in my head. I know there's another one, but I just can't quite remember. But, but yeah. Um, in this particular episode, we got a reason why she didn't know that she was a Sun Summoner or a Grisha in general. Um, mm-hmm. 
does everybody accept that? Like one, I don't know if you got to that point in the book. Did they explain that in the book that the two of them ran away and just because yeah. they didn't Mal didn't want to get tested or something? I don't know because but, Mal couldn't be Mal tested. couldn't get tested. But which the whole like is, you can't be tested if you're sick or injured seemed weird, like a weird rule. Like I, I feel like that was just a thing that the kid made up right there just to pick on him. Probably yeah, it's. Seems like it. Like, because the other thing is they say, like, you'll have to get tested next year. So it's implied that every year they come to this orphanage and test them. So I'm like, did they hide every single year then? (laughs) Pretty good hiders. I do like the representation of, I guess, the headmistress where she's just like, they're gone. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I'm not chasing you. I don't care. I know you're laying down in that field. Don't get tested. <laughs> I'm not chasing you. I'm That's not this. worth it to me. <laughs> no. John, thoughts? Um, I have a couple. Okay. Oh. Um, I like this episode better than the first episode. So I feel like it's investing me just a little bit more. Um, I really appreciated that I got to get a close-up look at some of their rifles when they're at the battlefield or recovering from the big event. And I'm like, ooh, those are definitely Russian World War II rifles. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of the, those old uh, Mosin Nagants, Enemy at the Gates, great movie. Um, and, of course, Knife Lady, very good addition <laughs> to this. Um, <laughs> but my biggest takeaway from this episode... And unfortunately, Stephen's not here because this is going to be directed at the gentleman here on the podcast. But what's keeping us from dressing like turn of the century, like well-to-do men about town? Money? Like, they look rather dapper. I mean, there's goodwills. <laughs> I'm assuming we can go and get like... But like, I, I think it's just... I mean, gunslinger's aesthetic is like goals right now for me. I'm like, dude, I want some high-collar, double-breasted... Uh, you know, like filigree vest type stuff going on. I, I think that's something I have to start implementing just because it looks cool. What, I think, what, I mean, okay. I the think other you're thing be is, hard up to find some 20th century, turn of the century like clothing, like <laughs> it's, it, it, at Goodwill. <laughs> goodwill, yes, goodwill, but, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think it could be found on the interwebs. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. with money, definitely. <laughs> Probably not with that. Not with that much money. All right. Well, there I mean, you go, John. There's, there's stuff on there they wish, but then it'll probably fall apart after one washing. <laughs> and it will have things in the pockets that you don't want. <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, overall, um, I like Ben Barnes in this. That the whole I'm shadow, you're light duality that they have is going to interplay, I'm sure, into <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> <laughs> Naima's face is great. Wow, that's like the, the, just such a YA thing that I. That was another thing I was. Yep. I was done with YA reading this one. I'm well, like, Ugh. And, and the first thing that came to my mind when it's like, well, why didn't you ever get tested? I'm like, oh great, this is that dumb other movie that didn't even continue into the series. What was it? Recently, Maze, not Maze Runner. What came after that one? Divergent. Yes. Divergent. Oh, Divergent I was, like, oh, was so yeah. bad. Yeah, I was like, oh, you're the super special like girl that just didn't get tested right. So, you know, your skills have to like whatever. Whatever. Yeah, that I don't care about the plot. So none of that bothers me. I am simply here for the look of everything. And it's getting better in that in that sense. Okay. Naima, do you have anything you'd like to throw in there about episode two? Episode two. So. I I think I'm the exact opposite of you where I don't really like Kaz's character and I'm just kind of here like I will breeze over his parts like I watched it once through and then I watched it again and I was like I don't need to see this like, <laughs> like that part didn't interest me that much because it's it's a lot of just like it's him he's trying to set up his team he's trying to go somewhere but he just keeps making what I think are the dumbest mistakes ever. <laughs> just like, like you have to know, like you've got competition. This is like for a million, whatever the currency was um, that they're going after. Like maybe operate a little more stealthily and maybe 
like yeah like don't do things that are that are just obviously going to turn on you like none of this seems like a good plan for them and that might be his character that might we might find out more about that but of course everyone sees the love triangle happening i don't i think that was obvious the second (laughs) his character was introduced um kerrigan's character it's like uh, oh he's the shadow friend yeah yeah she's the light oh we left the best friend from childhood okay Uh, well i mean cool i I think you you should probably pick up on it from the casting of Ben Barnes, a very beautiful <laughs> yes. young, young man, like she, he's going to be a love interest at some point. It's like if you get Jude Law in a movie, you know he's going to be someone's love interest. Ben Barnes is the next step. Someone should just make a movie that's the exact opposite. Put the most attractive character and then give them nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm holding out hope for. All right, I am holding out hope. Um. But yeah, I want, uh, like, I'm incredibly invested now. Obviously, I've seen more than the rest of you. But, like, Mm -hmm. I got to the point where it's like, I guess I'm going to read a YA novel. Like, I've got to find out what happens next. And I cannot Mm -hmm. wait until Netflix decides four years from now that it's going to put out the second season (laughs) of this TV show. So, yeah, like, I'm invested. I think I, like, I love uh, Knife Lady. Knife Lady's great. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to call her that from now on. But uh, Jesper is my favorite so far. He's just, he's kind of roguish and un, I don't want to say unhinged. He's, (laughs) I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely a rogue that put a lot of his skill points into charisma instead of (laughs) dexterity. But like, it's, it's good. We like it. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't seem like any of parts of Kaz's team is like actually Kaz's team. It's just like, I found all these people just sitting on the street and they needed something to do. So <laughs> let's be a part of this ragtag gang of people that are going to cross the fold. So, yeah. Any any thoughts on what we're going to be getting here uh, from the rest of the crew? Um, coming up in the, in the third third episode, I think there's what, eight episodes total? Three, yeah. to, three to eight episodes. So... I did have a question, mm-hmm. uh, Naima. I don't know if Naima is going to be permitted to answer this. I am wondering if anybody thinks Mal might end up with Grisha powers because Alina specifically said we didn't want to be any more different. I mean, it's possible. I like the idea. Like yeah. when the way that they were filming the fact that two of them were in two separate places, but yet still feeling for each other. Like it. And then his like her power kicked in when she was holding his hand. Like it's definitely feels like there's he has some what kind of power Grisha power he would have. I have no idea because it all seems like elements unless he's heart, just like the <laughs> Captain Planet kid. <laughs> well, that one or medic the, looked like she was a bone mender. Yeah, yeah. There the you healer, go. the healer was a bone mender. Yeah, you got the heart people. So, I'm, I think that just I was Grisha just curious up in the world you can do slash be anything that they can put their like ah heart render cool bone person awesome like it's a part of your body and it exists they can make it like the sun summoner seems like such a like off the wall thing to think of like yes this person can summon not the sun it seems i don't know if it's the sun she's summoning or just light like she's definitely like emulating light from the sun from herself (laughs) (laughs) so like it's quite possible i know watching the end of the first episode i thought they were going to think it was mal that had the powers and Mm -hmm. then of course we find out it's not him um but it's like you never know we're just finding people with powers right and left now (laughs) almost seems like everybody has power they just haven't tapped into it yet (laughs) i mean she's basically a care bear <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. He's out of line, yeah. but he's not wrong. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, if Mal does get powers, how how do you see that manipulating the the future for Alina? Well, I think that's what, because I think they set it up with his two friends when they said, be a hero, that's how you'll get an invite to the palace. Mm. My Mm. guess is his will come very similar to the way Alina's came in fight or flight mode. And that will get him an invite to the palace, which is if I get defeated in my holdout hopes that there isn't a love triangle, 
and there is, that's how you'll get that set up. I mean, he was pretty much dying when that creature got a hold of him. I don't know how much more fight or flight he's going to need. <laughs> well, except it may not have been something that would have assisted in that moment. That's fair. Be something to, to help out Alina when she's in mm-hmm. danger and he's not almost dead. Uh, any Anything else? Anything else that would piqued anybody's interest in this episode? No. I guess I just want to know what you guys <laughs> think life at the Little Palace is going to be like for Alina. Because obviously I know. But like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, it's going to be hell. No way. It's not. It's going to be a lot of discipline and all that although once again she's in the army like (laughs) she should know she's gonna start out hating it and then there will be some female grisha that will befriend her and make her feel a little more welcome and honestly i want to know is this written was this book written by a guy or or a woman a woman? Yeah. Was it a woman? Yes. Okay. Because I was going to say, if it's cannot, a guy, she's going to get a pretty pronounce. dress and, and life's going to change for her. But, <laughs> or her out, outlook's going to change. But as it's written by a woman, probably going to be a little Listen. bit more in depth. If it's written by a woman, she still gets a nice dress. That's, yeah, that's, she still gets a pretty dress. <laughs> but, but that's just not what fixes it. I'm going to assume that it's going to be worse for her because now that everybody knows that she's like the super special one, she's going to be even more of an outcast, even among the Grisha, because mm-hmm. she's the one that can do the one thing they all need. Um, but like everybody else is going to resent her because she's even more special than the special ones. <laughs> um, See, and I, I figure it can't just be a pretty dress makes life better because she didn't opt to take a bath. That's <laughs> true. She, she saw it, though. <laughs> she saw it, but she still went to bed dirty. <laughs> You know, I, one last thing I did want to mention. I absolutely loved how horrified and disheveled she looked when that one guy was cut in half. I'm what? like, that is the most unflattering yeah. way you could have shot that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so is that like, really? <laughs> that was something the, that just happened to both the, of me? Like, yeah. Like, I was like, you know what? They left the double chin in, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I actually also appreciated it because that is the face that you would make of like, ugh. And then this handsome man comes into your view range, and I kind of just wanted her to go, why? <laughs> was there not another way? <laughs> I, I'm enjoying this show, probably not in the way they intended, but <laughs> as long as I enjoy it. Someone put hard work in to make it feel that way. <laughs> I mean, I did like his answer of like, would you have preferred it I used the sword? I would have done the exact same thing. It was just hand to hand, but he I used his it. magic powers, which I thought was interesting too. Like he was able to uh, change his darkness power into a solid, like, blade-like weapon to attack this guy, is she going to be able to do the same thing with her light-based powers? Would be my guess. I mean, I don't know how else you would explode the fold if you couldn't turn it into... Yeah, but I mean, is she going to create a a saber of light to attack people? Is she going to be a green lantern, essentially? A Uh, lightsaber? (laughs) Right? A lightsaber? (laughs) A fire sword? Uh... No, I, that's, I mean, if visually, if she's able to do such a thing other than just make things go bright, I, I think it will be more of a visual, visually uh, attractive show uh, to do something like that, as opposed to just explosion of light out of me kind of thing. So I, I'm interested to see which way they go with that. Naima wants to say something. Yeah, no, I, I will be severely disappointed if it's just light. Like, no spoilers or anything. I would be severely disappointed if she was just like, oh, look, I'm like, get up, flashlight. Like, Jesus, like, it's not. (laughs) Like, everyone can bring a lantern. I understand what the fold is, but, like, if that's all it actually does, it's a little It's the Care Bear stare. Yeah, it's the the Care Bear stare. happiness is going to shoot out of her stomach. Friendship is her true power. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I, I don't know if I've missed it, but what 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 is the reason why they the this this old uh, dark wizard created the fold in the first place? Is it just to separate the two lands? Um, I think we got a we I don't think it's been said, but I think okay. we get a little bit of the background from it just by the fact that the Grisha used to be hunted. They were the you know 
they were seen mm-hmm. as the outcasts and the people that needed to be destroyed. So my guess is it had something to do with some sort of battle between the Grisha and see. And I think regular that's humans. episode three, guys. Episode three. okay. I was gonna say that. I feel like that's my <laughs> disconnect with the show so far. Is I really don't have an understanding of who they're fighting and who's fighting who at this point. Yeah. No. Like, I understand that there's refugees, and then there's people who have powers, but I feel like those are also not always the same two two people. Correct. I think all the sites have refugees. Okay. All the sites have. Gracia. All right. If there's nothing else that anybody wants to talk about, I just want to say thank you again, Naima, for coming in on the show. Thanks, guys. Uh, it was fun. Where can people find you online if they want to talk to you? I don't know if you guys do that on Love of Pages. Okay. Yep. We do. <laughs> uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter as other pages, other places, and on Instagram as Imogen on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. Jessica, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter as JM Bailey Writes. John? You can also find me on Twitter. I am at Magic Publix. And Elizabeth. You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Please check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Geek Elite Media. And whatever podcast podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to... Geek Geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast.